Welcome to the second episode of Baffling Cyclops. I'm David. Hi, I'm Pepper. And we're here to have a conversation <laughs> about Halloween is where I wanted to start. Yeah, okay. Because I read that the CDC issued um, guidelines for Halloween mm-hmm. in pandemic times. And my favorite line from it was, um, if screaming will likely occur, greater distancing is required. <laughs> Isn't that always the case, even when it's not pandemic times? I think so. (laughs) But I thought it was really interesting that they also, they stacked your activities by how dangerous they were. Yeah. And I know in the first rung was just like carving a pumpkin by yourself in an isolation chamber. And then it ended with like a large uh, Halloween party where everyone was drinking. What about bobbing for apples? (laughs) (laughs) Unless it's in sanitizer, I think it's out. If you have a giant vat of sanitizer, everybody can bob for apples. A giant vat of Purell or maybe just pure vodka? Pure vodka would work too. And uh, But I saw there was a guy in um, Cincinnati that actually invented a way to give candy away to kids. Um, which is he saved all his Amazon shipping tubes. Yeah. And he put them on the railing of his porch, which had a steep railing. And you're supposed to put the candy in one and then it rolls down into the kid's bag. He made a luge. A candy <laughs> luge. Candy luge. Um, his name was Andrew Beatty. And, um, is he the one that decorated it like it was like a skeleton or a ghost or something like that? He did put lights on it after okay. someone suggested it on <laughs> uh, his Facebook page because at for- first it was just an orange tube. Yeah. Um, orange and- is Halloween though. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. I did, he was he's excited and his daughter was super excited too um, that they came up with this, this method to continue Halloween. But then um, I thought... Because it got mentioned in all the candy candy industry stuff, is this is how Halloween's going to happen this year? Because they're so worried they're not going to sell candy. Because right, I was wondering about that. What do we usually do? Well, we are the house known for full size candy bars, right? Yeah, and. Not only does a child get... Well, we had some grabbers. We've had grabbers in the past where they just like come in like and grab as much as they can. And then, you know what I say to those children? What? I say, good on you, honey. You... You deserve you deserve those full size candy bars because if you have no manners and you're that hungry for full size, then I'm gonna just let you have it. <laughs> we should also say you usually um, arrange. We get full size candy in the big bulk box, and then you arrange it really neatly on a giant platter. It, it's not just a giant giant platter. It's like a super fancy. It was pretty expensive, and it has um, like maybe like a mercury glass mirror kind of thing going on with it. It's pretty cool. That pla- I use that for Thanksgiving too. Yeah, and then you would put on the eagle talents that I brought home <laughs> from work, right? From, <laughs> from yeah, because I like to use like have a little unexpected treasure, um, and also be able to like bat the kids' hands away if they get a little too greedy. <laughs> 
Do you not? Well, I mean, you have, you don't discourage greediness. I don't. You know, it's Halloween. More more power to you. But we didn't get full size candy this year. We haven't gotten any yet. I, I don't know. I saw that shoot. Yeah. Um, from that guy in Cincinnati, and we do have a big balcony porch. We could also um, just take string and dangle them down. Oh, yeah. Like, off the front b- porch of our house, off the front balcony. Yeah, I'm afraid if we just put a thing, uh, like oh. a basket out, one person, well, one adult person might come back to the house. <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> and take them. The CDC said if you make a treat bag, you need to wash your hands for 20 seconds before and after you make the bag. Like a treat? What's that? Like if you were going to make a bag of treats to give kids. Yeah. Instead of sending them out trick-or-treating, you need to wash your hands before you put all the stuff in all the treat bags. Well, you duh. <laughs> and then you wash sh- them afterwards, You too. should do that anyway. <laughs> See? You're, you were pandemic ready. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I was prepared. So, it, also, because it's Halloween, I was thinking about werewolves. What were you thinking about them? Well, I was thinking if I was a werewolf. <laughs> That's funny. I've thought of that too. <laughs> really? Then you're going to like this. So I have vitiligo. So I have parts of my skin that have no coloring at all. They're completely white. And if hair grows in those spots, it is also completely yeah. white. So I was thinking that if I was a werewolf, I would have shocks of white hair mixed in with the brown oh, hair. Especially w- on your paws. I know. And I would be a piebald werewolf. That would be cool. I know. So I, But then I started thinking about the whole werewolf thing after I thought of the practicalities yeah. of it. And then I thought, well, when people change back from being a werewolf into being human, <laughs> why do they still have their same haircut? Well, not only that, why do they still have pants on? Well, like I would think they bust out of those pants and then they turn back to human and then they have their bits dangling and yes. In the old, I don't know. In the old, <laughs> in the old movies, they would wear pants with a rope belt no matter yeah. what they were wearing beforehand. Yeah. They would always all of a sudden have a rope belt, no shirt, but they yeah. would have still have pants on which to stop the dangle. But <laughs> so, you, what, what would you like? So, when you would change back, that's what I'm asking you. Is like if your hairline changes, like all of a sudden your face has has um, hair all over, yeah, and then you change back from a werewolf into a human. What happens to that hair? Maybe you have like a sudden onset case of um, telogen effluvium or. Um, I don't know, where it just all falls out in a pile. And then you take that pile of hair and you use it when you're firing your pottery, your Japanese-style pottery. <laughs> you're obsessed with that pottery show. I am. You could also can I just donate say, it for wigs. Well, it's not long enough. You have to. I think it has to be 12 inches or longer to be able to donate. Do you know... That when you donate your hair, like if you're if you grow your hair out long to donate mm-hmm. it um, to a worthy cause, um, like you think that your actual hair is being made into wigs for patients that are surviving cancer. Right. Many organizations 
I don't know. I don't. I won't say Locks for Love because I don't know if Locks for Love does this or not. But many organizations are able to make more money mm-hmm. if they sell the hair for wigs for like pop stars and just people who want human hair wigs, <laughs> and then they take those funds and use them to help um, fund research, like cancer research, etc. Isn't that surprising? Yeah. Wigs for pop stars are more profitable (laughs) than helping people with cancer. Well, it does. In the end, it helps people who are, you know, who are recovering and fighting that battle. It's just, I think it was just to simplify it. Because if you had to explain to somebody who's like carrying around three feet of hair in their back, um, which, you know, that's a job to carry that much hair on your head. Then you have to spend 20 minutes explaining, well, we're not actually going to use your hair for um, a patient. Your hair is going to be sold to a third-party company, and then that company is going to transform that into a wig for, like, Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Well, I don't think Taylor Swift wears wigs. Or Dolly Parton. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. I was thinking about her, like, yesterday. It's weird. Oh. Yeah. I was thinking about the kid who was on SNL with her that oh, yeah. did the little arm movement. The wave dance. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so the piebaldness made me think about how we have crows that also have white parts. They grow the white feathers from stress. I know. And loud they are noise. Babies. So oh, if babies. if they grow up around industrial spaces or if they grow up if they're they're nervous all the time, they will grow white streaks, sometimes in patterns on the uh, on their feathers. So their wings can have like little stripes on them. I know, they're so beautiful too. And we have one crow we call Whitey Bulger. Yeah. But that's only just between us. Why? <laughs> well, because like um well, at first, like, okay, so, you know, the, the crows and how I feel about them. Um, originally, I was very terrified. I was very terrified you of all not, birds. Yeah, like, you I were, wasn't you a bird were, fan. I would call you anti-bird. Um, I would say you were okay. like, you were like okay. against birds. Like, if you, I would say if you. I didn't knew, want harm to come to them, If though. you knew someone had a bird as a oh, pet. Yeah. I still kind of feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be, you would you would you would not want to be around it. You would just you would be terrified. No, except one of the real housewives in Potomac, she's got a bird, and I'm pretty fascinated by that one. <laughs> <laughs> a bird as a tension getting device. Yeah. But um So Bulger, okay, so But we didn't we don't want to call him Whitey Bulger because we don't want to scream Whitey every time we see him. <laughs> exactly. That's why. But the, the we started you started liking the crows only because um, last year when it snowed. Oh my gosh, that day was a magical day. That yeah. was great because it never snows. Well, it rarely snows where we live. Yeah, and it was it was deep. Um, my work got canceled. Yeah, and um, I I was. That's when we enjoyed work having to work from home. And yeah, work being canceled. <laughs> work, yeah. <laughs> 
work work got canceled. So you and I went for a walk, and we stopped at Macrena Bakery and got you. Well, a so cookie. yeah, we did. We we went for a, a snow walk, and we normally walk a lot anyway. But um, most places, every place, place was closed. But when we went on our snow walk. Macarena was still open. Yeah. Um, and not only did I get one cookie, I got a bag of cookies. Yeah. Like they sell them in a, like a little six pack sleeve. Right. Oh my gosh. You guys, those cookies are so flipping good. They use real butter. Which, what, <laughs> what kind of cookies were they? Were they chocolate, chocolate chip? chip. Yeah, yeah, chocolate chip. So you were, we were trudging in the snow and you were eating a chocolate chip cookie and that baby okay so there was a crow in yeah. a tree yeah so there um the crow in the tree who we have since named cookie <laughs> <laughs> she was so we were walking in the snow laughing and having a great time and i was so happy because i was eating cookies and um it was just a great day you were home from work and that little crow she looked at me and i swear to god i swear to god she said like through sense, like crow senses. Um, oh, I think we, our mail got delivered. <laughs> um, she said, "Can I have a bite? <laughs> what do you do?" <laughs> yeah, and we were both like, "Maybe that crow wants some cookie." <laughs> and it's like, how do we give the crow cookie? All I could think of was the little match girl, like starving yeah. in the snow, and I couldn't. We weren't having any of that. And so you just took, you broke off a piece of your chocolate chip cookie. And I looked at her and I said, would you like some cookie? And then she said, yes. She shook her. Yeah, psychically. And I think she shook her head. I'm just going to say she shook her head. And I put it down gently because I didn't want to throw it because that seemed disrespectful. Um, And it was, it's a really good cookie. (laughs) And I just, they use real butter. Oh I've my heard. god, those cookies, man! If you guys are ever in Seattle, I don't know if the co- the cookies aren't the best thing from Macarena, but um, the hazelnut pinwheel is. But you should definitely check it out. It's a great little bakery. But anyway, so I gently set the little chunk of cookie down in the tender, tender snow. She said, thank you. She, as soon as we took like two steps away, I know. Cookie flew down I know. and ate the cookie. And we've, we then. I started carrying around a little bitty sandwich bag with um, popcorn because they have some, it's called Smart Pie or Skinny Pop or Smart Pop or something like that. And it doesn't have as much salt in it. Um, so I was carrying around a bag of popcorn and something else. Yeah, I can't remember what else it was, but we eventually we Googled it. Yeah. And found out that they like um, unsalted roasted peanuts in the shell. Yes. Which Costco sells by the bushel. <laughs> yeah, you can buy a giant bag. Well, they're not that big. I guess it's five pounds. But. It's five pounds a bag. And um, they're, I think they're like $6.89 a bag or something like that, which the first time we bought a five pounds of peanuts for the crows we bought them on amazon and they were like 15 dollars. right um so we were a little bit more stingy when we passed them out but i swear over the last year we have probably spent how, how much do you think we've spent on peanuts probably 250 dollars. <laughs> yeah, at, at least i think we've spent that much but do you remember the one day 
Um, it was last December when we saw a crow funeral. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was so sad because when we first started feeding the crows, they would only come up in smaller groups. You know, we would only feed one or two at a time. Yeah. And especially during the summer, it's rare that you would get more than a family of yeah. crows. So most like four. Yeah. And uh, But as you go into the fall, they start to get together in larger groups. What are the groups called? Uh, the colloquially a murder. Okay. <laughs> or a okay. But murders. Okay. So they, but they join together into groups. And so once Do you remember start- that day in February? You carried an entire five pound bag of peanuts. Yes. <laughs> and did you come home with any? No. Well, <laughs> that was the day. That was the day. Because at a certain point in the year, um, and there, there, there was a whole flock of crows that was just following us around. Yeah. And it was I, ma- magical. I got addicted to it because um, we, <laughs> we started dropping the peanuts behind us right. in a trail. And um, the crows would fly down and then fly up. So as you're walking along, if anyone's walking towards you, it just looks like you have this crowd of crows in front of you. Um, and like, like you're some kind of crow magician. Or... Which, which I think we are because they watch out for us. Yes, with a crow familiar. Yeah, yeah, they know <laughs> us. Like if they see us, they'll just say, could I have a peanut? May I have a peanut, please? <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I'm sure people think we're insane. But Oh, of course. And you know, they probably talk about us secretly on Nextdoor and we just don't. Yeah, we haven't seen it, it yet. Yeah. <laughs> But um, that funeral, though, man, wow! And that was down by the church, which is where yeah. I would say our main group of crows. Yeah, good, good percentage of them. The, of like them. that's where our group of crows yeah. is, because we have our our family of crows that lives in front of our house that gets like a handful a day. Yeah, at least a yeah. handful. Yeah, and then but once you get down towards the church, once you drop one peanut, the call goes out and they just start showing up. Um, for instance, today we probably had 40 crows yeah, 40. in that one yeah. spot when we went for a walk. Because they're coming back. Like this summer, I, you know, there weren't as many. And I was a little worried that something was going on with, with the crows. But I think it was just that they were making their little eggs and the fledglings were being born and they had other things to tend to. And that day, though, it was so weird because we went up and there were tons of crows there. But they were in such distress. No one made that alert call. We put peanuts down and no one moved. No. And we just we kept walking. And then they were making, like, horrible noise. It was horrible. And then as we were walking, we saw a dead crow on the sidewalk. Oh, it's a little, yes. And we, it was a beautiful, beautiful crow, too. It was. And we... we we're like, what should we do? Because the crows were obviously upset. Well, they were obviously upset, and we had no idea what to do. And I, like, in my family, when somebody's upset, you just feed them. So I'm throwing peanuts down because I'm like, well, maybe they're hungry. Um, but um, I was worried that they would think that we had harmed their brethren. And while we're standing there trying to figure out what to do, more crows are coming. It was amazing. I, I'm no exaggeration. There were, I would say, at least 300 or 400 crows yeah, there were a lot around of crows. us. And 
And their cries of distress, they were just so sad. They were so sad. And um, we stood there. And as we stood there, a woman came out with a grocery bag. Yeah, plastic grocery grocery bag bag on her hand. And she said, they just get so upset seeing it. I'm going to put it in the recycling bin. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that was the wrong bin to put it in, I have to say, in in hindsight. But she she said that the um, crow um, corpse or body had been there for a while. Yeah. And that murder of crows, they were just so bad. And I was so happy because you and I were able to, like, we were at least, we walked 20 to 25 feet away because we didn't want any of our babies to think we had anything to do with it. Well, right. And, and also, we were unsure. Yeah, if, we didn't know what they to would, do. If they would be appreciative if we took yeah. care of it yeah. and were, like, got rid of it if it yeah. was appreciative or, or bad. She walked up to yeah. him. She picked up the crow and she put it in the recycling bin. And we walked away fast because we were yeah. like, we don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And we got down and we were going to go on a longer walk. And we were like. It was I, very upset. We were like, we actually thought uh, maybe we had severed our relationship with the, with crows, the crows. And they weren't going to yeah. want anything from us anymore because we knew crows remember faces. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons they all gather when they see us walking is because they <laughs> so recognize the people. they see my giant lumbering shape and they're like it's the peanut well they say well it's the peanut lady and the king of the blues yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we walked down to the corner and we couldn't really see where the crows were anymore because there were trees but we heard a noise and we looked up and in the distance from the, another direction we saw it was crazy it was like The sky was almost black. Black. It was like smoke from a factory, like rising up into this incredible plume of crows. And we just watched it fly in the sky. And we were just, it was awe-inspiring. Yeah. Because we were just like, oh my God, what did we just see? I think that crow must have been super special to that murder. Maybe so. Yeah. It was, and the, ba- the his his little body, or it was a big body. His big body was there, just out. Yeah, it wasn't like hidden or tucked away, or yeah. And so then, like we walked back through, and it was no crows at all. Yeah, like it was quiet. Like yeah. we we never walk through there where there's zero right. birds or crows. Unless or anything. it's like it really late at night. But after all the crows were there yeah. everything left yeah no there was no cat yeah nothing. <laughs> no cat no people no nothing it was and um it was just so quiet and all the way home we were like oh my god and because there were no crows all the no, way home no like and it's like a and half when a we mile talk about it we're, we usually we'll walk like four to five miles yeah round trip and we had a good half mile left so as soon as we got home i started googling like what? What did like? What did we just see? What were and, the f- main facts and takeaway from your Google? Well, I discovered the work of Kaylee Swift, who um, is Corvid Research on mm-hmm. Twitter, and she did all of this research on crow funerals. And so it's a real thing. It's a real thing. So she's a researcher at the University of Washington, and. Um, she did actual research on crow funerals. Okay. So they would carry around a taxidermied crow. Where did they get that? 
I don't know. I bet she's somewhere in England. <laughs> Probably. I think that's where the land of taxidermy is. Yeah, I won't tell you. I won't go into the other experiment she did with the taxidermy crow or a stuffed crow. No. Uh, because uh, it's it's dirty. Oh, I don't think I want... I'm not... I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> but, um, but it's not like a plushie. It's not like a children's no. toy from no. the toy store you used to work at. No. But, okay. <laughs> but um, they had figured out that if anyone saw a human carrying a crow, or any crow saw a human carrying a crow, they would hate that human for time on it. They would teach other crows to hate you. So what they did is they put on rubber masks that were like featureless faces so that they could do these experiments. What? Yeah. This sounds so creepy. Oh, I'll like put, Jason masks? Yeah, I'll put a I'll put a, a picture of them in the newsletter. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, they would put on these these um masks. Okay. And um they would um <laughs> That's so creepy. Oh my gosh, David, seriously? I just held up a picture of it so she could see it. What's with the turtleneck, too? Yeah, well, they didn't want any of their skin to show. So they, um, and they changed their shape. So they would carry um, the bird. Those look like masks from Hannibal. <laughs> they do look a little bit, yes, yes. They look like skinned people. So, um, uh, wow. Then um, when I figured this out, I was like, they might hate us forever. Because we yeah. were there when this happened, they might connect us with the, with that, and so we were nervous. And so the next day when we went out for our walk, we were like, "Are they going to like yeah. us? What's going to go on?" I remember being And we worried. walked down, and if, they took a few peanuts. Yeah. And like as we were coming home, there were a few more crows, but then we, after we got home, I put some in our driveway, just a handful in our driveway, and then we looked, got upstairs, and we looked outside. And there were probably 200 crows it was awesome. I, outside like, our house. Just talking about it kind of makes me feel teary-eyed because they were so beautiful. They were on the wire, at the phone yeah. wires. They were on the trees. They were in the driveway. Um, there were so yeah. many crows. And they came and I went outside and fed them. And they were all so happy. And we felt like... That was when we felt like, oh, they're we were part of the mourning process. Yeah, we weren't yeah. really part. We weren't because they weren't mad. It didn't. They weren't mad at us when they came home. They when they were when they were sad and that crow the body was there. That was a very different sound when they were flocked around our house and out front. It was just like it was amazing. It was like they felt like we were part of their family. Yeah, and it was so much that the neighbors were all coming out of <laughs> yeah, their houses. Yeah. And People stopped their car. They were driving car like the car driving down the street stopped. Yeah, they had to stop because there were just so many crows. Um, and we really, it, that was when we kind of, um, we kind of formed a connection with them because it felt like we were part of whatever was going on. Yeah, for sure. They have been, the crows have been such a, a, a good thing for us during the pandemic yeah. too, because they're just kind of this consistent partner outside yeah. that, you know, we can have some social interaction with without any worry. Yeah. And crows are very, um, emotionally intelligent, too um so they they form a relationship with you and um they all have different personalities and 
we've probably gone a little crazy during the pandemic. I think we, you know, I think we, I know we have, well, I think we're very odd anyway. So then, um, but I, what I learned from the crow experience and cookie first and, you know, we, every, every time we walk down that area, cookies block, regardless of what crow it is, we always call her cookie. Yeah. Um, because it is a little difficult to identify them. The only one I can really identify is Bulger. And then the other one that used to be out front with the big bubble head bubbles. Um, but it is, it is something that even though it seems like we're oddballs, um, I just learned to like face my fears with that connection with Cookie to begin with, because by facing my fear of birds in general, I've been able to get so much enjoyment and love and and just feel good about you know being a part of the crow family. Yeah, and we have um, thousands of pets. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have to take to the vet. Right. <laughs> There's like a whole other world of crow people um, on the internet. There's a Reddit crow discussion board. Is that where you learned that they like the peanuts? Yes. There was another th- protein they liked. I can't remember well, what Well, they like um, cat food and dog food too. Yeah. And um, But we don't, we don't need to We're not going to do that. No. And I think raccoons like that too. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. I, I haven't faced that fear yet, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the other guy on Twitter that we really like is Tef underscore ebooks. Oh gosh, his he photography is, a is amazing. He is photographer. It's amazing photography. And well, I used one of his photos as inspiration for my drawing of that little bitty fledgling. Yeah, I love his uh, photo of the crow. It's a very up close photo, and it's his self portrait. Yeah, he's got two self portraits I love. One is his image in the eyeball of the crow, and the other one is. It's like a selfie with a bunch of crows flying behind him right. in action. And he has, his favorite crow has one eye. Aww. And so he learned, he figured out it had one eye. Um, it took him a long time because obviously when you, a crow doesn't trust you and it has one eye, it always faces you with the side <laughs> yeah, of its body yeah. that has the eye. So he had to earn its trust before it showed the side. Did he name him Patch? He, has, he doesn't name the crow. <laughs> oh, but anyway, okay. he, Tef underscore ebooks is a great crow photographer, my yeah. favorite crow photographer. And uh, Corvid Research, Kay- Kaylee, like, she, she's great too. Yeah. I, will you post those crazy, like, yeah. Jason mask? Yes, with links to the research too. Well, you guys, you brought home a crow, like a crow mask for my head to fit over my entire head the crows didn't seem to they they, they paid no never mind to that they just like the peanuts yeah <laughs> all right well thank you okay happy halloween bye bye don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to read our show notes sign up for our newsletter at bafflingcyclops.com